the five count. I happen to love the number five. You have a high five. You've got a low five. It's a beautiful number, a glorious number. The five count. Good evening and welcome to The Five Count. You are at episode two. My name is Max Curtin and my beautiful co-host is the lovely... Jesse Benz. We're back. We've made it for a second week. Impressive, right? Um, yeah. quite, a, quite a few people checking out the first episode, so we appreciate that. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the podcast. We'll quickly explain what we do. Every week we take a subject relating to the world of professional wrestling... And we take our own personal top fives and discuss what we feel is important and have our disagreements and agreements in some cases as well about why we picked those top fives. I think we agreed more than disagreed last week. Yeah, last week was good. Last week um, was pretty straightforward in the sense of top five favorite wrestlers, barring your decision to pick Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Well, yeah, you'll come around one day. I know you will. I won't. I won't. In in memory of Bobby the Brain Heenan this week, he didn't care for Hogan. He knew he was a snake. He did, yeah, that's true. Actually, even when even when Hogan turned heel with the NWO, Heenan being a heel announcer was still against the NWO. Yeah, he knew. He knew what was up. This week we are doing a top five because this Sunday is No Mercy Raw only pay per view versus SmackDown only last year. Yeah, I always think of it as a SmackDown-only pay-per-view, because I suppose it was in 2003 and 2004, like when I was, that was like the height of, um, crazy about it then. Exactly, so I always see it as a SmackDown pay-per-view, so having it on Raw does feel a little bit odd, because it was Unforgiven was Raw, wasn't it? And then No Mercy was... Yes, um, yeah, and then Survivor Series would be the big joint pay-per-view the month after. You're correct, sir. Um, So that's what we're going to be reviewing this week. At the end of the show, we are going to be doing a prediction of what we believe Mautzer is going to give for star ratings, because star ratings are everything in the wrestling world. They are, yeah, especially his little snowflakes. (laughs) His precious little snowflakes. (laughs) So we will be doing that, and whoever gets it correct, and whoever obviously gets it wrong, because there's only two of us, will have to... uh, do some form of forfeit chosen by the other player. Nice. I like that. I just called us players. I don't know why we called Play- us players. Yeah, we are players. We're, um, <laughs> we're the really top not. Players. <laughs> <laughs> really not. Um, but this week, exciting news coming out of the WWA. They are bringing back one of the greatest events of all time, Starkey. They are, except they're bringing it back as a, a B-show sh- and it hasn't even been confirmed if it's on the network or not yet. It could just be a house show. I'm sure it won't be. But For the for the buzz it's got, I, I'd be surprised if it was just yeah. a regular house show. Um, but, you know, they had to get that final bury in for WCW somehow. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? It's the biggest show WCW every year. And I bloody loved Starcade. And it's just been brought down to um, Jinder Mahal headlining. <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> Modern day Maharaja. Yeah, modern day Maharaja. And I'm saying this now, by the way. I just want to get this in. I can't remember if I said it last week. He will have that title until WrestleMania. And I want to stand by don't, that. And so now everyone knows I've said you that. Wash, you wash your filthy mouth. Don't you think so... that'll... No. Really? No, no, I do not. 
it's no, going to lose it. What they're doing, um, what they're doing with him is exactly <laughs> what they did with JBL in 2004, giving a really hated heel a stupidly long title reign. So everyone's getting so sick of it that whoever takes it off him at Mania is going to be a massive star. But the thing with like when JBL had the title, like he was a heel that I tune in to watch because I did legitimately hate him. Now, Jinder Mahal's someone I always skip and turn off when he comes on because I just don't care. Yeah, maybe... that's the wrong kind of heel heat. Yeah, I agree. But I don't know. Like we were thirteen, fourteen years old when JBL was doing his thing. Maybe thirteen and forty year olds are more invested in hating Jinder than we are. Do you want me to go and interview 13 and 14 year olds for next week's show? Well, I, I know you can't legally. I can do whatever I want legally. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen the registers you're on, mate. It, just, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be appropriate. Oh, uh, it makes moving house a nightmare. I can tell you. <laughs> what? But let's, let's go away from the Monday Maharaja because I'll, I'll get angry. Okay. Um, back to Starcade. Scarblade. Starblade. The thing that always annoyed me about Starcade is, what does Starcade stand for? Um, st- I don't know. I know uh, Dusty Rhodes came up with it, didn't it? Didn't he? And there's not much that man said in his lifetime that actually made sense. So <laughs> it's call it Starcade. <laughs> it's so funny when you listen to him commentating on um, WCW. He used to do the pay per views, and it's amazing because what he's saying doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But coming out of his mouth, you know exactly what he means. But if you saw it written down, yeah. or like if anyone else said it, the words and the words he uses just mean absolutely nothing. But he had a way of making you understand. He was, yeah, one of the best talkers. Because um, obviously WrestleMania is WrestleMania. Star- Starcade, what? what? Yes, yeah, star- the Cade. There must be, like, Ar- Arcadia? A play a on that? I don't know. We'll find out. Should we do some homework and find out next week? I would Google it now, but we've worked out no. that if either of us touch our computers, the microphones explode. <laughs> they just don't like anything we do. Um, can, can we get the listeners to, you know, comment, tell us what Starcade means? And No, what? absolutely not. <laughs> we will do the research. You just have to sit there and listen. That's all, that's all your job is today. I suppose they can get involved if they have to. Um, but start, it should be fun. You know, we've got two steel cage matches. You've got some grudge matches. You know, just old school. Got a, Cody Rhodes, maybe. Got, got a flair in there. you got a Cody, possibly. That um, Cody thing would be amazing if that actually happens. I love it. I love that when Hayes did I was like, come along then. Bro, come along, see what happens. And then Matt inviting, Matt Hardy inviting Bullet Club as well. Yeah, the Bucks of Youth. The Bucks of Youth, as they called them. That would be... Just one night, one night only. Here's a payday. In you come. Because my girlfriend Steph already gets confused that um, they're the same person. She thinks Matt and Nick are Matt and Jeff, and then she thinks Matt and Jeff are Matt and Nick. It's very confusing. There's there's too many Matts in two similar tag teams. Yeah. Uh, Cyburn's pretty similar. Yeah, that's true. Um, Sort of colourful attires and long hair. I understand the difficulty. <laughs> as long as you do. As long as you do. <laughs> um, so, No Mercy this weekend. Raw pay-per-view. Uh, yep. Very exciting, I think. Um, it's a stacked card, actually. It is. Um, it yep. is. It, not long ago, I would have hated the idea of Braun Strowman in a main event, but I can't wait for it. Never been more excited for anything. If um, I'm a little bit disappointed that it's not 
a no DQ match or last man standing or anything like that. I feel like a continuation from the feud they had at SummerSlam and what they did to each other would kind of make sense to be like, let's make this a no DQ or false count anywhere. You're assuming it ends. I am. I am making that exactly. assumption. It's too much money. I apologize, it? listeners. That's another reason people seen a Reigns thing and a lot of people have said oh Reigns will win because um, you know he's the one they're pushing he's the new star but Cena will absolutely win because it'll lead to another match at the Rumble that Reigns will win then it'll lead to a Wrestlemania main event that uh, that Reigns will ultimately go over mm-hmm. in I think interesting oh we're gonna have some fun predicting these later I can tell that already yeah well I'm gonna yeah I'm you know, saying all this now but as quickly as Sunday I could just be made to look like an as idiot. quickly as Sunday and we will make sure that you know next week how wrong you were. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, let's get cracking. Let's just get straight to these top five, shall we? Should we delve in? <sighs> Hello, humans. Um, we're back. Um, through right. Max's masterful editing, you probably don't even realise we've gone, but um, we had some gremlins, some audio gremlins, recorded our top five, which um, was not all my computer. Maybe it was. It was 100% and... your computer. 100%. <laughs> my but recording, my whole hour sweet. 42 was fine. Yeah, so if you want to listen to a one-way conversation, do let us know and Max can release that for you. But... It made my life a lot easier, in all honesty. Yeah, but I think, I, think, I think this is just a bit better when you can hear both of us. So we're going to do our top five again. We've heard each other's top fives now, so it's not going to be a shock, but we can go through them. And it's going to be so seamless that by the time we finish, you won't even realize that we're going back to past ourselves when we jump to the No Mercy predictions for this Sunday. So there we go. Literally 12 hours ago, we did this, so we'll do it again. But I'm really going to ham it up for every single um, choice you tell me. As a real shark, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that one, really? Um, (laughs) I went first yesterday, so to mix it up, why don't you go first? Oh, God, this isn't what we rehearsed. Um... (laughs) Okay, so my number five of No Mercy favorite matches of all time. Oh, hang on, it didn't. It didn't pick up the fact. I don't think so. We can't. The oh, fact, really? The fact was like the main important bit. It might have done, but just to be safe, Jesse, did you know that the first No Mercy pay per view was a UK exclusive in May 1999? Then in October they did the first proper pay per view, which is where my number five comes from. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you. That's good. Like that's, that's that made me sound surprised, right? Yeah, I love that. It's kind of Scooby Doo esque. Yeah, I was born to be an actor. Um, oh, darling. <laughs> well, wow! I didn't know that, Max. That's fantastic. What was the main event of that um, of that pay per view? Oh, the British son one. Son of a bitch! Um, it was Triple H versus Stone Cold versus who else was big in nineteen ninety nine? Uh, Taker versus the Undertaker. Yeah. A anything goes match for the WWF Championship. Very good. That's um, exciting. It's so good that you knew that just off the top of your head top and didn't head. have twelve hours to research it. Nope, did not get berated at all. So, <laughs> fun fact to kick this bad boy off. There we go. That's good. So, may I dive into my number five? Please, I'm I'm anticipating. Anticipating you shall. Um, number five. My number five from No Mercy 2006 is Chris Benoit, or Redacted as he is known, versus William Regal. Is that how you say your favourite wrestlers every time? You didn't yeah, do it Redacted. Last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, yeah, I just. Um, he's unchaptered in my life. <laughs> um, 2003 to 2006 just never happened for you, did it? Just 
Exactly. Yeah, I don't know where I was, but yeah, it just a, a redacted timeline for my life. So this match um, is fantastic. 2006 WWE was absolutely rubbish, in my opinion. I think, generally speaking, just the match quality was awful. Storylines weren't fantastic. This match didn't have any storyline surrounding it, really. It was just put together for the show, and it's just two of the best workers of their time just doing a really cool map-based match um short sort of shoot style new japan i would say i love new japan it's my favorite wrestling and that's because it feels you can suspend your disbelief and i never can with we and this it feels real i mean there's a bit of blood and it's all stiff it's all hard way blood there's no blading so regal gets blooded from repetitive headbutts from benoit which we, we all know how that worked out for him very well <laughs> and um yeah all good and um benoit bites his tongue i think or something gets a bit of blood in the mouth just makes it feel real it's so cool it's a great match always had a little bit of blood in his mouth yeah and i was thinking back and i can't remember benoit ever actually blading Um, all the blood all the blood i've seen benoit have has all been hard way yeah yeah or maybe he does that cheeky little pre-blade backstage and then because yeah, yeah you're right. When when Benoit used to bleed, it did used to look like just little trickles and stuff. Because mm. um, I always remember like WrestleMania 20 when Sean and Trips were like covered, like just red face paint, and he just had like his little trickles as he was uh, going meh meh in the crossface. Yeah. <laughs> tap tap. Still my favorite moment of that match. Oh, that that moment, the, the end of that match when. Um... Uh, Benoit's got Triple H in the crossface and Triple H rolls through and you think, oh no, like it's over. And but it rolls like 360 degrees and they're back and still in the crossface right in the middle of the ring. It's just so perfect. It is such an amazing end. They do that spot quite a lot now, but it, I, I don't mind. I still really yeah. enjoy it, you know, when Sasha does it quite a bit when they just push off the bottom rope and then they're yeah. still in the middle. Yeah, still gets me Oh, another bit. And going into that crossface as well in that match, because um, we were also scared Triple H was going to win because it was his Raid of Terror era when he had to go over everyone all the time. Yeah. And um, he sets up... Um, chris benoit for the pedigree and they even go so far as he begins the jump and i've never seen him do that before like he bends his knees ready to jump for the pedigree and you're so convinced he's going to hit it before at the very last second he counters it in the crossface it's beautiful i love that speaking of sorry linking back to no mercy no mercy 2000 um chris benoit and triple h actually face each other yes and that's a really good match as well that would have been uh in in my top seven, I don't know why we always use seven as our. You know, why not top ten? Just seven there's always we... there's always a sick. There's always a sick that's better. Yeah, and true. I don't care about the eight. And uh, but yeah, that, I think I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure that's Benoit's first ever WWF pay per view match. Um, that No Mercy 2001 against yeah. Triple H would make sense with time. Mm. So yeah, I could see that. But uh, this match, we digressed into the history of uh, Redacted again. <laughs> he was, which, uh, which all never happened anyway yeah was, they all wrestled themselves that's how good William Regal is <laughs> he can chop himself in his bloody head he can yeah headbutt himself to half to death but you're right it had no build it, yeah just that year what was that year all I remember is like Eminem being tag champions um, yeah Joey Mercury and Johnny Nitro not the platinum award winning rapper <laughs> We were watching two very different shows then, because that's, <laughs> that's what I remember. But yeah, and it was just so lacklustre. And I always, I always watched that match quite a lot to to 
see if it was that good a match or if it was just there was, yeah, there was just nothing else on in WWE, so that just made it that much better. But it is mm. just a genuinely good match. Great match. Regal hooks in a sitting dragon sleeper at one point, which mm-hmm. is I, I love that move. It's amazing. Completely bends Benoit's back, 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 back. Um, Benoit hits a dragon suplex, which I. I'm pretty sure he hadn't hit since his early WCW days. He used to do it a lot in New Japan when he was Pegasus Kid and Wild Pegasus, but um, sort of brought that back for some reason, which is odd because you need doing it on a flexible guy is what you need to do really. And Regal is fantastic. He's certainly not flexible. No, he's got and the flexibility of a loaf of bread. He has, yeah. He described his own body once as uh, looking like a melting candle, which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, just all round great match, completely different to everything else WE was doing at the time. And the crowd were into it, which shows that as long as it's done properly and done really well, they'll they'll lap it up. They'll absolutely love it. Wrestling fans surprisingly love wrestling when it's actually shown to them. Who knew? Who, who would have thought that? Yeah. Uh, did you know, I did not know this, that Mr. William Regal is only 49 years old. Is that it? Drugs are terrible. <laughs> he looked 49 when I first saw him in WCW as Stephen Regal. <laughs> I looked at it and I went, that can't be right. And I had to go and check. And yeah, 49. Wow. Yeah, I thought because everyone else in his sort of generation is so much older. He must have been a real um, sort of child prodigy when he started. Well, half of them are dead, aren't they? So, Well, that's true. You always yeah. look young when you're dead. <laughs> well, it's a, yeah, I mean, it, through the media, you do. Anyway, you don't want to go digging people out because they don't look that young anymore. <laughs> really shit interview <laughs> my, right your number five my friend my number five is from the very first no mercy in 1999 not in manchester my friend not the english one no no, no. This, this was in which is very close to your heart i know that it, english show it is it is we, we should watch it together yeah we should let's do it let's make a date okay great i've got a date <laughs> um i'll in, be in touch thank you Get your people to call my people. We'll get some yeah. uh, Cleveland, Ohio was the setting for two of the best young tag teams in the WWF at the time. The Not the Hardy Boys. They were called the New Brood versus mm. Edge and Christian in a ladder match for the end of the Terry Invitational Tournament, which was not a tournament. It was a best of five series. Technically a tournament, but I digress. And uh, the winners received $100,000 and the management skills of Terry. Nice. Was this after Hardy's had had um, PS Michael Hayes then? Yes. Yeah, that was good times. Do you remember Michael Hayes in the really tight Hardy Boys style clothes? <laughs> I feel like they didn't take him shopping. He just went out <laughs> and showed up one day. And, Boys, what do you think? <laughs> With his little tummy hanging out. <laughs> He's always got a fanny pack as well. I always want to know what's in his fanny pack. Nice. Yeah, well, that's some classic wrestling 101, isn't it? Having a fanny pack. It is. I saw a fanny pack today that I kind of want to buy. Um, <laughs> that's just a kind of beer belly, a hairy... And it does this little... Oh, I've seen that. This belly hanging out, and that's what I want. Amazing. Yeah, I saw that advertised on... It popped up on my Facebook. We obviously have the same sort of target marketing coming towards us. <laughs> they know what we'd be interested in. They know our target. <laughs> um, but back to this... this stellar of a match and why it deserves to be number five um it it was kind of the first time that this match i feel kind of cemented the hardys and edge and christian as going oh they're just you know a tag team division we've got and just made them like the superstars that they were going to be and it's you go back and kind of watch it now and you go oh yeah that was that was pretty good but i've seen um 
I've seen Jeff do a do a swanton onto a ladder. I've seen Jeff do the the springboard into the leg drop and all of that. But at the time, it was like, whoa, this is this is pretty crazy. It kind of set the groundwork for what they were going to do in the TLC matches and the many other things that somehow have killed Edge and Christian. But Matt and Jeff are like, yeah, we're cool. It's so easy to get. Um... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, you just get used to these spots, don't you? And you forget that there was a first time for them. And just, yeah, seeing them do them and remembering it's the first time anyone had ever seen that is is just absolutely amazing well, when I, you think how that must have blown everyone's mind. Yeah, well, I always have that with um, the first WrestleMania uh, 10 ladder match with Razor and Sean because, mm. you know, it's always, oh my God, the greatest match ever. And, like, I went back and watched it after seeing, you know, TLC 2 and everything that happened with what the Hardy stuff were doing. I went, yeah, that was all right. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it feels, um, it does feel average. I, I know exactly what you mean. I did the same thing, but as, as long as you put yourself in the mind of, of the era, it, you appreciate like how amazing it was for the time. It's like dynamite kid. Dynamite kid is one of my favorite wrestlers. And, um, watching that stuff is like, you watch it and it's like really good, sort of cruiserweight action that you'd see in WCW in the late 90s except this was happening in the early 80s do you know what I mean and you yeah. forget that you forget that it was the early 80s but once you take that into account you appreciate just how incredible it was yeah and I always find that's the most difficult part about showing wrestling to people like when you're getting them into it and you have to explain eras and the mindset they need to be in to enjoy this yeah, yeah, exactly. You were like this because this was important and this was happening at this time. Just right. So the troops are in Vietnam, right? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, stunning match. And um, actually, I say stunning match. I've never seen it, as I told you before. This is a No Mercy show that I've never actually watched. Yeah. So I, I, sh- I should get around to watching the whole pay per view. Uh, whole pay per view. Hmm. That's a tricky one. Main event, yeah, yeah, I can see you watching that. Um, Hardy Boys, the ladder match, obviously. It, it's my number five pick, so of course it's a great match. But uh, everything else on the card, you, you could you could probably um, walk away from. Let, let me just give you a rundown of uh, what else happens on that card. Okay. So um, the Godfather defeats Midian at the time, whoever Midian was, with Viscera. Who was Midian? Midian. Midian. Dennis Knight. Uh, I know the name Midian. Leatherface, Naked Midian. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It sounds like a character of Southpaw Regional Wrestling. Um, No idea who Midian is. Not even going to pretend to know who that is. Um, No, I I definitely know the name. I think, and I think I might know it from an old WWF video game or something. I don't know it from actually watching wrestling. Oh, oh yes, I just googled him. He's, um, yeah, that's a shame. Really? Um, do, do you recognise him? Yeah. Let me do the same thing. Yeah. Um, also on the card, you have the fabulous Moolah versus Ivory for the Women's Championship. Yeah, that happened. Nice. Yeah. Um, this match would be quite interesting. The Hollies uh, versus the New Age Outlaws when it was hardcore and crash. Yeah. Uh, the Rock versus the British Bulldog. That could be all right. Yeah, yeah. Good match. Uh, Val Venus versus Mankind. Nice. X Pac versus Bradshaw, Kane, and Farouk. Not less one on nice. Three, a four way match. And uh, Triple H and Stone Cold in an Anything Goes match. Very good. So it, it's got it's got its moments. It's got its moments. Um, 
anything goes matches. You never really hear of them anymore. It's more no, like uh, street fight or unsanctioned. They call it now, don't I they? Don't and things like, like that. Word, unsanctioned. No, not me. I don't really care for it personally. I'm not a big fan of street fights and stuff in general. Just, just give me, give me wrestling matches. I just want straightforward wrestling matches. Oh, when I see wrestlers come out in their jeans, though, I know shit's about to go down. That's true, actually. Yeah, I, um, Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam 2002. That always felt good. His big comeback, but he was in jeans, ready for business. Yeah, I liked when uh, Dean Ambrose gets into any kind of street fight. He just slightly changes the color of his jeggings. <laughs> that's all he needs to do in life. Um, I, gen- I genuinely believe, by the way, Dean Ambrose wearing that st- his ring attire is holding him back. I think it sub- subconsciously we're all not treating him as the main eventer he deserves to be treated as because of how he dresses. If he dressed as an actual wrestler, he we'd all respect him more. And I think it's a subliminal thing, but I reckon it's definitely there. Because when he was Moxley, was he wrestling in like trunks? If I remember yes. correctly, yeah. So nothing wrong with a bit of trunks. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Bit of leg. Bit of leg. Love a bit of leg. Bring back the trunks, I'd say. I agree. I don't know if I could wrestle in trunks. Like, I like wearing my wrestling tights. They they just feel more... I don't know. Just, I just enjoy wearing tights more than, you know, going out in my pants. Yeah, it's true. I, yeah, t- I mean, I'd feel a bit self-conscious in um, trunks, I think. Yeah. Uh, that's not what you need to be worrying about when you're um, calling spots. <laughs> Have I popped out? <laughs> I'd be a stuffer, that's for sure. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. <laughs> um, but Hardys versus Edge and Christian, ladder match. Jesse hasn't seen it. If you've never seen it, um, it's it's they're, they're fighting over a woman and her services, and there's money involved for her services. Uh, so read into that as what you will during the times. That's, that's how oh, they terrible. viewed women and money yeah and um and it raised me well and i still do to this day <laughs> what you you'll probably get a real kick out of that match but for some reason. <laughs> god terry slut well king had this spot backstage where he got her to like climb up a ladder and, you know, oh, show, oh really show me how to climb a ladder and i always remember <laughs> the image of just her and like this really tight skirt and then filming upwards 90s were weird Oh, they were great. It's better, better, simpler time that we've lost. <laughs> your number four pick, because I know we're going down to a dangerous hole if we carry on that conversation. Yeah, you're right. Okay, my number four pick um, also has a woman that I found um, very attractive at the time in, less so now. It is Vince McMahon versus Stephanie McMahon in an I Quit match from No Mercy 2003. Mm, I forgot. You now, when I brought this list. up... Yeah, when I brought this up yesterday to you, um, you were not happy. Please tell me why you're not happy with this being on the list. I haven't softened on the idea. Okay. This, so this pay-per-view has been around, so it was around for nine years, plus the two, carried one. Eleven, it's an 11-year pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah. Right? And however uh, many matches like- we've had over, over, over a decade, and you take a billionaire... 50-year-old man beating up his daughter and choking her with a lead pipe while her mother watches as one of yeah. the best and matches. his mistress. And his mistress. Oh, God. As one <laughs> of the greatest matches. I just think it's an insult to everyone else who's ever wrestled at No Mercy. Okay. Um, granted, it's not Benoit Regal or Edge and Christian versus Hardy. It's not got work rate. It's not full of like crazy spots or anything like that. Neither of them are particularly good wrestlers or indeed wrestlers at all. But 
Um, it's just the storyline around it. I love. I loved 2003 Vince McMahon so much. Um, he just he was such a heel and psychopathic. You think the Hulk Hogan stuff at WrestleMania 19 was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Vengeance. He faced Zach Gowan, which was brilliant when he was like hobbling around the ring, pretending to have one leg. Money. Then we get to know Annie Blades like a demon as well in both those matches yeah. and then we get to um vince versus stephanie where he's yeah his own daughter because he want, doesn't want her to be gm of smackdown anymore and just the storyline around it was awesome i hated vince mcmahon and was genuinely a bit scared of him of how crazy he was when i was watching this as a 13 year old it it's the story it's not it's not the match so much as the, the whole story around it and it led to undertaker um brutalizing him although ultimately losing at survivor series the next month which and did bring us back, Dead Man Taker. It did, yeah. So we've got this match to thank for that. And um, <laughs> just so you're linking back, you're linking back. Undertaker no longer big evil. He his big return at WrestleMania 20, facing Kane, great moments. All of that feud from when he was the Dead Man, culminating to when he faces Shawn Michaels and some of the best WWE matches of all time, all the way through to his possible retirement against Roman Reigns all started with Vince McMahon and Stephanie McMahon and a lead pipe. Yep. And Linda <laughs> at ringside. <laughs> oh, I, I gotta concede on that argument. I gotta... It's such a good... Please, please go back and watch the match again because I know you won't have watched it for a while, right? So, you need to go back and watch it. Okay. Vince and Stephanie. Just go back and watch it and watch the um, pre-package as well. Like the whole what Vince was up to around that time when they show all that... And it's just so good. It's so good. You know Such a good storyline. I'm going to... Well, because Steph, my girlfriend, finds certain aspects of wrestling a, li- a, li- a little questionable. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to put that, just the package on, and then just that match, and just watch her. Yeah. Watch her. You, you know, like when you show Star Wars to someone for the first time, and you just... If they don't love it, then dead, dead, dead to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I know I'll that. do that yeah. for you. Lost many her. friends. Yeah. <laughs> and also another good thing about this is about when stephanie mcmahon looked like a girl like she actually looked she was quite hot and cute and that sort of made it even worse that vince mcmahon was absolutely brutalizing her and that you know before the days that triple h started making her work out and trying to turn her into china <laughs> you will be the eight ninth wonder of the world <laughs> china used to really turn me on when she when she grew a penis and <laughs> So all re- all rest in peace, uh, China. <laughs> China, we love you. <laughs> uh, I don't think like Steph's got a little bit of that, um, you know, ang- angry eyes, and and the smile scares me a bit. It's a bit Cheshire Catish, but yeah, I think she's still kind of cute. And she's hench. No, Triple H has turned her into like a massive bodybuilder, and she's got no dress sense whatsoever anymore. She's supposed to be like this ambassador, this female ambassador of this billion dollar company, and her dre- her fashion sense is just dreadful. <laughs> Why would you? Why would you dress like that? I love the reasons you watch wrestling. That's what makes <laughs> well, this right. podcast work. Those well, outfits are just dreadful. Well, this is that's what maybe like when you were just running down the card for me from that um, No Mercy with the Hardys and Edge and Christian on it. It's um, got. Um, you say like the matches aren't good, but I quite like bad wrestling. So obviously, like based on some things in my lists. Uh, yeah, like bad wrestling when done right can still be really fun and silly. So I think there could be a lot of that in um, the old No Mercy. Okay, that could well be one of your top five favorite pay per views by 
by the time we get to that list. So it very well could be. Right. Uh, enough of um, family abuse <laughs> and beating. Okay, for now. For, now. for this week. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next week when we're Jesse's <laughs> top five. Um, my number four pick is one of the standout matches of this certain superstar's career. And I'm not just saying any superstar, probably one of the Mount Rushmore wrestlers of WWE. Mr. I knew you'd come round to Hogan. <laughs> yeah, they've slowly started chipping that away, changing it ever so slightly. <laughs> they can they can change him into Roman, it's fine. Um, John Cena versus Kurt Angle, No Mercy 2003. Nice. I was surprised when this was on your list. It's, uh, yeah, it's something that people might have overlooked in terms of, because um, John Cena and Kurt Angle faced each other quite a lot, but I think this is the most standout match for them at the time. Um, this was kind of John Cena's, you know, Fugonomics was like on the rise, it was just getting to that peak, and this was kind of the put up or shut up match for him, and who better to wrestle than Kurt Angle, because you're not going to have a bad time really, are you? No, he's going to make you work. He's going to he's going to put a good match on with you, and he's going to turn you into a better wrestler as well. I think he's going to really um, make you come up to his level. And I think John Cena even that you know he inducted him into the Hall of Fame, didn't he? I think yeah. John Cena does have that respect for Kurt Angle. The way in his early days, Kurt Angle really mentored him and sort of got him main event ready. Really, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. Because um, even the build up to this match was a case of like. Both men had something to prove, like, John had something to prove in the sense, you know, he was the new guy, he wanted to beat Kurt and, you know, cement himself. Kurt had just lost the WWE title to Brock on SmackDown, they had an Iron Man match. Um, Great match. Was, oh, incredible match. Probably my favourite out of the Brock and Kurt series of that whole feud, that Iron Man match. Yeah, I'd agree, actually. That is good. Oh, this SummerSlam 03 is really good, though. Um, yeah, it's, that's, a, that's a difficult call. They're all really good matches. But they gave that away on SmackDown, this last man standing match. So, yeah, but it was the, it was the whole um, it was the whole show, I think. Yeah, yeah, sixty minutes, and then I think they were doing little vi- vignettes, trying to one up each other throughout, and it was really good. Um, mm. But yeah, Kurt just lost the title, and he was calling out Brock, and he was like, "I want a rematch." And then Cena comes out and starts cutting promos on him, um, and yeah, Kurt wanted to beat this cocky young upstart, show he still got it, and he should be the champion. John wants to prove that he can hang with the big boys and n- nothing says that more than when they had a rap battle on Smackdown <laughs> and oh the lyrics Kurt spit it was it was it was straight fire as our young Becky Lynch says straight fire straight fire straight fire uh, and um and Brian Hebner beatboxing if I remember correctly yeah yeah quite a good beatboxer turns out yeah so he um hopefully he utilized that after getting fired along with his dad, for selling counterfeit WWE merchandise. <laughs> what a way to get fired. Can you believe that? After the amount of years, Earl Hebner in particular, the amount of time he was with the company and everything he went through for them and stuff, and he gets fired for that. Yeah, there should be a couple of slaps on the wrist, because wasn't, it was also the time they got rid of, was it Flair and Hogan, or just one of them, when they were doing that press conference for the game and they just started saying... No, you're, thinking of, you're thinking of Flair and JR. Flair and JR, that's it. Yeah, yeah. and it was JR they fired. Yeah, and that was another one I found like insane because of JR's tenure. Obviously, they've kind of let that go now and he pops up every now and again. I love that they bring JR back for stuff that makes it feel important. 
when they did it with Pete Dunne and Tyler at NXT Chicago. Yeah, that was awesome. When they've done it with the Mae Young Classic, oh, JR's cool in this match. It just adds an extra level to it straight away. Yeah, still match um, match of the year for me, by the way. Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne at NXT TakeOver. Yeah, for WE. For um, WE, yeah, not New Japan. That's a whole different kettle of fish. I, I don't think it's... Because I feel like at the end of the year, if we will still be going. This, this thing is going to blow up. Not an issue. But end of year... <laughs> um, the top five matches of the year is going to be difficult. We might even have to extend it to top tens. And yes. eight of those are going to be New Japan. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. If they keep it up. But yeah, John Cena versus Kurt Angle in 2003. If you overlooked it or you can't really remember it, really go and watch it. Because it is one. It is John's best match, I think. Because he... It's not the five moves of doom. It, he pulls out so much just to get that victory. And you can really see what Cena can bring to the ring. Um, and especially what he starts doing later in his career as well. So it's a good jumping off point for him. This was throwback era, John Cena. Do you remember we talked about this? Uh, he used to do the move, the throwback, yes. when he sort of does a forward flip over from behind, does a forward flip over his opponent into a sort of modified bulldog thing. That was such a cool move. And for some reason, he stopped doing it. And But it used to be part of his arsenal. He used to do it all the time. I can never remember and how, I he missed got, that move. how he got the setup because he, he'd have to be behind them and they'd have to be kind of hunched over. It would be like a ducked clothesline, I guess. And yeah. um, and then he'd just come off the ropes and they wouldn't have turned around and then he'd be able to hit it. Yeah, true. So maybe he's saving it. He's going to pop it out one day. Maybe oh, against that... Roman this weekend. Well, he's a lot bigger now. Maybe that's why he stopped doing it because he did bulk up, didn't he? Like, Not that he wasn't big before, but um, he definitely has filled out since the 2003 days. And maybe that limits your front flipping. I don't know. I'd imagine so. I would imagine so. Mm. Um, completely unrelated to this just want to let you know and want to let our listeners know as well um, currently if you go on Pokemon um, Sun and Moon go on the what? mystery go on the mystery gift bit and type in the code Pikachu20 you can get a prize on the game of a Pikachu wearing Ash's cap wow you went completely left field with that one yeah, I just thought. I just thought while it was on my mind, I thought it's just a useful bit of information that everyone should know. Kind of sounds like we're being sponsored. To say that. <laughs> no, we're not. Use code on... Pikachu twenty to get exclusive. No, my game's just on the table next to me, and I just, I just looked at it and saw it and thought that, yeah, that was cool. I thought I need to spread the word because I feel like if you're into wrestling, you're probably a bit of a nerd like we are, which means you're probably into things like Pokemon as well. So just worth, worth throwing out there. Just painting everyone with a brush this evening, aren't you? Just, just yeah, exactly. painting that brush across everyone. Loving it. <laughs> What's your uh, next wrestling pick then? Well, um, my next favourite fight is Pikachu versus Nidorino. No, it's... Um, <laughs> It's Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels in a ladder match for the World Heavyweight title from No Mercy 2008. Just a sexy Shawn. Sexy Shawn. <laughs> it's such a good match. And the whole, that was feud of the year. And this isn't on your top five. And I was astounded. I was convinced this would be on your top five. And it's just such a good, th- 2008 for those two, Jericho and Shawn Michaels was amazing. This was suit wearing heel Jericho who was just so good, like such a good... I'm really into heels that really get the right heat. Like, I love Kevin Owens, for example, but he doesn't get the right heat because everyone thinks he's cool and everyone likes him. And I want 
people to really hate their heels and they did with Chris Jericho but still knew he was good do you know what I mean was this um kind of the thesaurus Jericho yes ah yes yeah that was that was that was best Jericho it was awesome yeah it was so good and this whole thing started because Shawn Michaels beat Jericho by pretending to be injured in the match and then rolling him up and Jericho just sort of was furious that Sean had done that. And Jericho's right. He's saying Sean cheated and you're all cheering him. This is ridiculous. And that's what sort of slowly turned Jericho into this evil, evil man and involved um, punching Sean's wife by accident as well, which um, knocked one of her teeth out, I believe. And um, yeah, that just the whole storyline was great. And this match was sort of the end of it and yeah. just. The few, and they're both I don't like ladder matches generally speaking I find them a bit stop start and climbing the ladder all slow and start, I just can't get with it I can't suspend my disbelief for it but if you're going to have one there's no one better than Jericho and Sean to put on a decent ladder match yeah I, I can see that didn't Jericho lose a, a, tooth in the, a tooth in the actual ladder match though so I think yes he did you're right calm as a biatch as they say well um, yeah but yeah Jericho is a heel and the reason Jericho was so good as a heel was because even outside of the ring, he'd still be a heel. You know? Oh, there's an amazing, there's an amazing interview with him, um, with Sam Roberts on Sam Roberts's podcast, which you can find on YouTube. They filmed it in the radio station or whatever, um, where he's talking about all that, where he would just keep in character all the time and like, would just ignore fans on the street and stuff. Cause he said he couldn't have like, you know, if they were doing a show in MSG or something and there's a fan outside and he signs something for them, he can't have everyone booing him later on, but he knows that that dad and his kid are there going, oh, he's a good guy, really. He signed this for us. He wants everyone to hate him. And yeah. I really respect that. I thought that was awesome. And that's what makes a heel because, you know, you, you look at Kevin Owens when he first kind of came onto scene and, oh, this, this dude's, you know, he's bad. You know, he's taking out everyone. Everything he done, does in the ring is mean. And then you go on like Twitter and Instagram and he's like father of the year and the most loveliest <laughs> person in the world. I don't want him to hit his kid and his wife just to get some heat, but I, I always find it worked for Benoit. It worked <laughs> I just feel that social media kind of ruins the um, aspect of faces and heels. And as you sent me a message earlier, um, is Alexa Bliss face or heel right now? And I was like, yeah, don't know. Yeah, well, I saw, I, the reason I asked that is because I saw the clip of Bailey's return and um, she's like hugging Sasha and stuff. And Alexa Bliss is still standing in the ring with them, sort of looking all happy that Bailey's back. And I, I'm, I don't know why that I thought Alexa Bliss was a heel. Yeah, well, Nia turned on her um, and I guess that made her face. But not really. that's the same thing happened to Seth Rollins as well. He turned face because Triple H screwed him over. Rollins didn't do anything to become a good guy. He just got screwed over by someone else, and that immediately makes him a face. I don't understand that. No, no. It's it's logic that does not sit well with me, personally. No. Um, but do it the way Chris Jericho does it, you know. Keep that kayfabe alive, brother. And <laughs> just, you know, because he always... Um, I remember there was, like, an incident um, back where I used to live in, in Victoria, B.C., there was um, he got into an altercation with a fan, and they were, like, on his car and stuff, and they got into a fight. Stuff always happened in Victoria. It, it's no reason that I rarely got wrestling shows when I lived out there. Last time they <laughs> came over, it was uh, Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt in the ring. And someone oh, yeah. threw a Money in the Bank briefcase at Roman's head. And oh, I remember like, hearing about that. Oh, so far. Like, I was like, wow, well done, Victoria. <laughs> Keeping it classy as always. <laughs> 
But, God bless him. Uh, yeah, keep 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 the heel dream alive. That's all I care yeah. about. Indies can do it. Why can't the major ones? Yeah. To, although having said that, I met um, Pete Dunn um, at a oh, um, loop. Well, this is it. Yeah, he completely like I love Pete Dunn. He's one of my favorite wrestlers on the scene right now. And um, he, yeah, the character he plays on telly is such a bastard. But he just couldn't have been more lovely and more fan friendly to everyone that was around him, you know, away from that, which I actually quite liked because I love him a bit. <laughs> it's true. He's got all the time in the world for you. Like if you want to yeah. talk about wrestling or anything, he's just like, yeah, 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 it's fine. It's brilliant. Yeah. Nicest dude ever. And uh, just super talented. I, he deserves all the success in the world. He's the man. God damn it, Pete. Sorry, Pete. You're just the best. And yeah, and three years younger than me, you bastard. But anyway, um, back to this. Um, four years younger than me, for God's sake. Um, back to this. Um, <laughs> Should we talk about guy. how young Tyler is than you? Yeah, no, that's not even oh, started. Yeah, like, he's he, he's lovely as well. But um, uh, this match. So such a good year for HBK and um, Chris Jericho. They had an amazing year, this great rivalry. This finishes. HBK moves on to a feud with JBL. Uh, the f- next Survivor Series, um, where it's th- that stupid storyline about um, HBK's broke and JBL lent him money, so he's kind of his... Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And so J- and so he's like his manservant. They, yeah, but it wasn't... Um, was it with JBL, um, the Big Show one? I remember they, they did a storyline where Big Show was broke, but yeah. I don't know if it was JBL or not. It's Triple H, sure. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, that's awful, JBL and Sean. Um, it was terrible. And um, and Chris Jericho went straight, just was just fed to John Cena and lost the world title to him. And so, as amazing as this feud was, it did absolutely nothing for either guy, really. And um, it, I think this is the last time the world heavyweight title felt important as well. Yeah, I, I could I could agree with that. But nine years later, we're talking about it as one of the one of the best matches. So it did something. Yeah, yeah, of course it did. Yeah, and I think Jer- Jericho never shuts up about it either. You listen to his podcast or read his books, and he he just always goes on about this feud and how proud he was of it and uh, rightfully so it just was incredible i've never read jericho's books oh it's they're they're, they're worth reading they are good have you got them can i borrow them Funny. yes I've, I've got the first three there's a fourth now which i haven't got yet but yes you can borrow them wonderful working stuff out i like this <laughs> i've said it on air now so You've i have to do, do it. it i'm gonna yeah. hold you to it i can play stuff back on this it's brilliant um <laughs> Good choice, you know, two of the best. Always love seeing them get in the ring. They always told a different story every time they stepped toe-to-toe, as it were. Um, yeah, I always love seeing those two fight. WrestleMania 19, again, this one. It, it was so, this was number six for me. It would have been in there by four. I, yeah. I can't have two ladder matches. And the Edge and Christian and New, Bro- New Brood one was just a little bit more important to me, so. <laughs> well, fair enough. That's fine. I'll forgive you this time. Thank you. Um, number three for me. Yeah, number three for me um, is the is okay. So this is a very recent one from last year, No mm. Mercy 2016, when it was a SmackDown only pay per view. Uh, when I said that to you yesterday, you could not, for the life of you, think of any match on that pay per view that would I could be remember. Worth being number. I three. didn't even know. I didn't even know No Mercy happened last year. I thought this year was the first year in ages that they'd done it. Yeah, that's how memorable the recent shows have been for me. So this match is probably in my top three matches of last year because uh, that's how we equate things in life now. We just do top fives. It's the only way I know that's how I, to, to live my life now. I have to, we have to live this gimmick, brother. We have to just go through 
everything we do is top five. This is my top five favourite burgers. Shut up. <laughs> um, but last year at No Mercy 2016, it was The Miz versus Dolph Ziggler. Yes. Two of the best, I would say, in WE at the moment. WE, yeah. And uh, as soon as you said that to me yesterday, I was like, yes, of course. I completely forgot about that match, but it's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, the Miz. Miz over the past couple of years... Um, I can't remember when it was, but there was... A, oh, I can't remember what the details. This is going to sound bad. But it was like a fatal four-way between like the Miz, Cesaro, and some other people for the... And that match as well was just... Everything the Miz has done over the past couple of years, you just cannot fault it. That was good. Was that SummerSlam? I don't remember. I think... Was there an actual last year's called Fatal Four-Way or something? No, uh, there has been, but I don't think there was last year. No. Something like... Oh, it's going to bug me now. Um, so I'm going to research this as I talk about it. So just the two of them when they were going into this match. Um, so Dolph was begging for like, oh, just give me one more chance. W- one more shot at the title. And um, Miz was like, no, you- you've missed like every chance you could possibly have. And Miz was like, uh, Z- Ziggler was like, I'll put my title on the line. That's what I'll do. Um this was it, sorry. Cut straight back in there. Extreme Rules 2016, <laughs> The Miz versus Cesaro, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. That's it. Boom. I remember that. That's yeah. also in the top five of last year, WWE matches. It's so ridiculous that I've got this like photographic memory for all these pay-per-views and matches that happened between like 2000 and 2005, but stuff that happened last year, I just can't retain. Just completely gone. Yeah. No, it, it, it's it's pointless knowledge that we have when it comes to wrestling, but it's worthwhile in a way. Mm. Um, but then then we got to, to Miz versus Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental at No Mercy. And yeah, Ziggler was like, fine, I'll, I'll put up my career. And at the time, us being the smarky young gents that we are, we were like, no way. No way will Ziggler leave. But then... I don't know if these were like intentional leaks, but you start reading stuff on the internet and it's like, ooh, maybe he's going to pursue his career in comedy and go down a different route and walk away. And it's like, oh. Was that there were rumblings. Start, weren't yeah, they? it started to feel a little bit more believable. Contract running out, all that kind of jazz. Mm. Um, and Miz's promo work. You know, everyone knows how good the Miz is on, on the mic. Um, and he just kept you know, bringing out the Spirit Squad, telling him how much of an embarrassment he was. And then you get to the actual match and it was just so tense that like Miz kept locking in figure fours then he'd hit a zigzag maurice got involved hit a score crushing finale and you were like that's it you know that's it over but he got his foot in the rope at the last minute spirit squad came in then they all got booted out never score crushing <laughs> finale and you're like okay it's definitely over now nope and then it just keeps going and going and those two i wish that feud had gone on just a little bit i know we saw it a lot happen but you know when you just got those two wrestlers who you were like just just go. Just do a year program. I don't care. I yeah, they've got well, like like, Jer- like Jericho and Sean, like we were just talking about. Like yeah. that lasted for ages, and it was fantastic. Yeah, I don't remember a time of getting bored of that. So, no. um, yeah, I I will always love the Miz. I've soured a little bit on Dolph in recent years, just because yeah. it not dialing it in, but it has been his style just has been meh. 
Well, I don't know if it's his fault, but no, like they've just, they've, just, they've just had nothing for him, have they? For ages, he just hasn't mattered. He hasn't been put in any storylines that mean anything. No, it's like oh, we'll put him with Baron for a, for a month, or we'll put him with so and so, and it's like yeah, whatever. But the Miz just consistently—I don't know if he reinvents himself or they just love using him. But it there's always so much different stuff with the Miz. Now you've got the Miztourage. Which yeah, I I'm quite excited was, for the Miztourage. I didn't think that was going to work at all with Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Bo looks like a little boss now with his gold. He jackets. looks terrifying. Yeah, and his it. beard. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I can dig it. So, yeah, always happy to see the Miz and. He is the one person out of the whole roster that I hope one day gets another WWE title run. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, he he deserved it. He'd, he'd be a good heel. He'd be better than Jinder. Yeah. I don't think they should have moved him off SmackDown. Kept him on SmackDown, slowly built him to give him the world title and put him in the spot that Jinder's in now. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been good. I'd tune in. Did I I can't I don't know if this made the intro yesterday or um so I might be repeating myself, sorry if I am, but if it didn't, I'm just saying this so that it's on record. Jinder's keeping the title until WrestleMania. You did say That's, that and I yeah. strongly disagree. I think that I I don't like it. I don't want him to, but that's how they're gonna book it. They're gonna keep Jinder with the title, he's gonna lose it at WrestleMania. I'm just saying that now so that it's on record. But why? Why Jinder? Because it's like JBL from 2004. It's the same thing. Like, they just found someone that they think everyone hates so much. And that way, whoever beats him for the title is going to get a massive rub off of it. And it's going to happen at WrestleMania. <laughs> rub off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, your your pick, please, darling baby. Okay, just quickly before we move on. Do you remember that you mentioned the Spirit Squad? Do you remember the original run of the Spirit Squad back in 2006, whatever it was? Oh, yes. And uh, do, you, do you remember their send-off, how, their last appearance yes. on Raw? So when if they were I remember correctly, it was DX when they were up to their shenanigans. And they put them in a crate and shipped them back to OVW. Yeah, there was a big um, sticker on the crate that said, please return to OVW. <laughs> That was quite funny. I liked that. Oh, trips. You and your ideas. <laughs> anyway, right. My number two. Um, this is another one that I'm amazed wasn't on your list because I remember watching it with you a lot when we first became friends when we were kids. It is um, No Mercy 2002, Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell for the WWE Championship. We loved a bit of blood. We did. Uh, well, this was a um, DVD you had, wasn't it? Yeah. So I always I think of... This always reminds me of you, this show, because you owned it and I didn't, so I'd only ever get to see it when I was around your house. That was my first ever um, like wrestling DVD that I bought with my money and stuff, and uh, I lent that to everyone. It became so worn out. <laughs> I found out that my um, my science teacher at the time, Mrs. T-Bosch, oh, yeah. she was a big wrestling fan. She had an Undertaker symbol tattooed on her arm. Oh, cool. And I was like, you've got to see this pay-per-view, it's amazing. You know, Undertaker's in it, and he gets all bloodied up, and he might have pissed his pants, we're not sure. <laughs> it does look like he's wet himself. <laughs> and she watched it, and she was like, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, might have been an inappropriate relationship between teacher and student, but... <laughs> yeah, the um, is I said to you yesterday, I've got, I read it to you yesterday, I'm going to read it to you again. Um, exactly what I've written in my notes. Max is convinced Undertaker pisses himself in this match, and although it's probably the blood shining on his trousers, I choose to believe he wet himself also, which I think might be one of the favourite notes I've ever made. Oh, it's, it is like your own... I hope you write a memoir one day. I really <laughs> do, and that's in there. I feel like that's all I'd ask Undertaker if I ever met him. 
Yeah, I th- and I think he'd take that question very well. He would. He'd be like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what, what did you say? <laughs> I said, when, when you were in the match with Brock, the first time, I know you were a bit older the second time, but the first time, did you, <laughs> did, did you piss yourself? <laughs> it really does look like it. And, but this match um, is oh, so yeah. good. Um, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. That's why I like it. I mean, I told you yesterday, you need to rewatch it and see this moment because I didn't notice this until rewatching it recently. There's a bit when, um, uh, what is it? Brock, under, Brock Lesnar's like selling and his head is rested on Undertaker's chest. And as it's happening, some blood comes out of Undertaker's forehead and just drips down into Brock Lesnar's mouth. <laughs> and you still support blading. Amazing. Oh god, it's pretty. It's just so gross, but it's it. But for the moment, it's so cool as well. And Heyman blades, yeah. which for, for no reason whatsoever didn't need to, but it's it's cool that he did. I think that's great. Because they didn't. Because uh, take the spotters take a grabs a tie through the cell and just starts pulling him into the cell wall, and that wasn't enough. Wire. But yeah, uh, yeah, he decides fuck it. I'm just gonna yeah, cut okay. myself open. Yeah, gonna juice for the business, but um. Uh, Undertaker um, in this era, I didn't like. I didn't really like the Biker Taker very much. Or actually, I'd like. I, I liked it when I was a kid, but since growing up now, I've, I don't look back on it fondly. I think it's, no. he he wasn't selling for anyone. He was pretending to be an MMA fighter, and it's like, why are you pretending to be like this biker guy when you're in your forties? It's a bit sad, really. I split the two. So there's Biker Taker who came out when he had like his denim shirt and the long hair. And he came out to Limp Biscuit and stuff. I don't like that. The, I don't like American Badass. That was a sad, sad state of affairs. Yeah, you know, he's, he's that guy in the bar who everyone's like, oh, we've got to pretend we're scared of him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a locker room leader, man. Leader, man. But then when he gets to, like, Big Evil style, I loved Big Evil. Yeah. I thought he was wicked. I loved it when I was a kid, but looking back on it now, I, f- I find it all a bit tragic that a man of that age is dressing and acting like that. It's like, you're, you're a zombie. You're a dead man. Like, that's how we've always known you. Just be that, please. Undead wizard. Undead wizard. That's exactly what you are. And uh, and you do it well. But um, but having said that, all of his sort of lack of selling and putting young people over because he suddenly felt like he was this young star again when he became a biker... But he made an exception for Brock Lesnar, who was a rookie at the time. He was less than a year into the company, about six months into the company at this point. You always and forget that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. He he um he got pushed to the top so quick, but because he was so good, it didn't feel rushed to us as fans. It felt totally right, didn't it? Which yeah. was awesome. But um, he yeah, Undertaker just made Lesnar look like a million bucks. Really sold for him. And just and seems and seems to have always done up until their matches they had a couple of years ago. Every time Taker and Lesnar have wrestled, Taker seems to have really put an effort in to make Lesnar look as good as he can. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. He's there is that respect, as you say, between the two, and it, it translates very well in the ring. And I always forget that fact that Backlash, uh, just before Backlash, was when Brock kind of made his impact. It was the Raw after Mania, his debut. Mania 18. I it was the night after. Yeah. Up the Hardys. That's yes. so funny, that match. Jeff <laughs> Ragdollin as he gets powerbombed. Love it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that No Mercy match with, you know, got the broken hand and all the blood. And um, it, it's kind of a case of, you, I always used to associate the Hell in a Cell with people escaping and they fight on the top and people get thrown off and they're insane. This was the first Hell in a Cell where that didn't happen. They stayed in that cell was its purpose it kept them locked in it was a weapon and they used it 
And at the time, first time I watched it, I went, oh, they didn't leave the cell. That's a bit disappointing. But then you watch it again and you go, oh, yeah. That's it's brutal so enough. that they didn't. Yeah, just yeah. made that match up much more special. So this match, brilliant. The storyline leading up to it, less brilliant. Oh, yeah. So Paul Heyman brings out a lover of The Undertaker. Um, <laughs> Undertaker doesn't have lovers. He's dead. But then his wife, Sarah, comes out and she's like, Mark, you cheated on me, goddamn, and slaps him. Um, and then Brock ambushes him backstage and hits him with a, a gas cylinder to the hand, which breaks his hand. Then he F5s him on popcorn because... Phew. There's a bit in the build-up when... Um, and I forgot about this when we were talking about it yesterday. Vince McMahon legitimately um, is talking to Paul Heyman and he says, I will have the Undertaker's wife raped by a biker gang. Wow. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's a direct quote from something Vince McMahon says to Paul Hayward on SmackDown. Oh, we're so having a top five Vince McMahon quotes. And we can't <laughs> say half of them on the air. It's wonderful. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is the build-up to his 2003. This is when he's starting to get his ideas. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. He's, yeah, he's warming up. Oh my goodness, that man. Yeah, incredible. But yeah, that but yeah, the whole build was just weird and this whole sort of Jeremy Kyle sort of affair thing going on with a guy who I thought was an undead wizard. It's just surreal and strange. But the match. But the match alone is fantastic. And, that's and I love Lesnar. And I know you don't like Lesnar. Nowadays Lesnar you don't like. Like since he came back. But um but I've always stuck by him. I think Lesnar's great. I genuinely believe he's a great draw and when he's in the mood he can still put on incredible matches that's always the thing when he's in the mood when he's in the mood but he could he can do what he wants i love that he's he's taken this stupid carny business and um <laughs> completely turned it on his head and he's gone i'm gonna do whatever the hell i want i'm gonna make more money than everyone else i'm not gonna go by your stupid little rules and i love that he's done that I love that you call it a carny business. It makes sense. <laughs> it whenever, is. whenever I'm doing like a show and I text Jesse, he's like, oh, how, how are all your carny friends? How's the carny <laughs> business for you? <laughs> and he actually used to work in a circus, the hypocrite. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. So, yeah, so I know I know carnies and um, I can tell you that wrestlers are definitely that. <laughs> Solid choice. Over it, type. It, it is a um, it is a good good match. There, there's a lot I could pick from that pay per view, um, and one of my picks is from that pay per view. And I don't like to take ones from the same year. Feels wrong. Mm. I like to spread it out, spread the love a little bit. Um, but my number two pick is one we've already discussed, so we won't go into too much detail much more. But one of my second favorite matches, and this did surprise you yesterday, is Chris Benoit versus William Regal. Yeah. Um, this this is a match I just go back and watch. Um, if I want to know about wrestling, if I've got something in my head that I want to try and figure out and do in the ring, I will get it from this match. You know, the, the start of it with the chain wrestling and the collar and elbow tie-ups, just the pacing. It's not too slow that the fans start losing interest because they could have. The fans could have been turned off immediately, but there was just something that night that just made everyone go, ooh, I'm going to watch this. I think the, the fans have like a level of respect for Benoit and Regal as well. Or they certainly did at the time, you know, so they they would almost give them a pass for being a bit slower and would stick with it. And I think they get rewarded for doing that. Yeah. In the first 30 seconds, um, Benoit goes for a chop and Regal blocks it. And it's just like no one blocks chops. That's, mm. 
you know, that's proper knowing your opponent and just building little layers on this. Uh, JBL's commentary on this match is really adds to it, and I never thought I'd say that in my life. Um, yeah. Because he tells stories about how vicious um, Benoit is in the ring and how technically masterful Regal is as well and how he can bend you different ways. And it just adds to those two fighting to the sense of, like, you go, oh, yeah, he's going in. As you said, he had that... Um, Dragon, sit down, Dragon Sleeper, and the way he kind of slowly brings his arm over, and uh, Benoit's trying to fight it off, is uh, is just wicked. And one of my favorite moments is Regal's been busted open the hard way, and Benoit goes, you know what, chops to the chest aren't working. I'm going to chop him in his open wound. <laughs> <laughs> Regal screams. He le- yeah. legitimately screams. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, Going to his happy place, he's going back to uh, the piers of Blackpool to his <laughs> back when to his carny in... roots. Yeah, back to his carny roots. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that is without a doubt one of one of the best matches, and I think a lot of listeners are, would have overlooked that match, or maybe have just forgotten it. So if you got the network for nine ninety nine, or if you're cheap, go on YouTube and type in Chris Benoit versus William Regal, and you'll get an absolute stellar of a match. And if you do, uh, we talked about this as well. Um, another match well worth watching is Benoit versus Regal on Velocity of all things. The, I'm uh, going to check out. I'm going to check that out after this after the show. Yeah, do it's um, it's really good. Josh Matthews is commentating on it, which is unfortunate. It's the only bad thing about the match. So maybe watch it on mute. But um, but that match is great. I think it might have happened in 2005 or something. But um, it's. Yeah, it's another match between the two. Similar style match, but different enough to still be entertaining in its own right. Um, that's a great, real hidden gem match. And I hope one day they put all the velocity and heats on the network. I'd love to go through some of those old um, stuff. Yeah, I'd quite happily binge watch them because uh, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that would have been missed. Um, yeah. For people who didn't get really showcased on the main show. I remember um, the FBI, like Nunzio and Chuck Palumbo and stuff used to get shown on there quite a lot. And I used to like those guys a lot yeah um, i miss nancy i miss nancy i miss chuck palumbo bill guido yeah chuck palumbo i miss billy and chuck yeah don't we all <laughs> that storyline god bless you we yeah yeah incredible we're they, being forward could've... thinking no we're not just kidding no, we're, not. we're being as unforward thinking as you could possibly be tricked yeah <laughs> oh vinnie mac <laughs> um so that leads us nicely on to our number one a man making his third appearance in this list. Yes, well, we, we know we know that um, we both have the same number one, so we can talk about this together. We can gush. And there wasn't, there was no other match that we could put at number one for the greatest No Mercy match of all time. It is Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle versus Edge and Rey Mysterio that ended the SmackDown, Smackdown Tag Team Title Tournament. That was a mouthful. It was. Well done. You got through it, though, just about. Thank you. Um... Did you just give yourself a round of applause? No. No, it sounded like there was a smattering of applause <laughs> in the did. background. I did. It, it wasn't me. Uh, now they know. Now they know. <laughs> the, um, the whole tournament was fantastic. This is one of the things that made me love this era of SmackDown because I love tag team wrestling. Tag team wrestling, I could watch again and again and again. It, it's my favorite form of wrestling. Mm. Um, and the way this tournament built and obviously the way these two teams were set up I'll let you explain the Chris and Kurt relationship 
Well, the the whole build up was Chris and Kurt hated each other, and in storyline, they'd had some stunning matches. They wrestled at WrestleMania 17 together, at 16 even with Jericho. Do you remember the triple threat yep. for the European and Intercontinental titles? Then Mania 17, they wrestled each other. Amazing then, match. yeah, stunning match. Then um, uh, Backlash, um, the 30 minute Iron, uh, Ultimate Submission match. That was really good that's an underrated forgotten match i think and they they just had some incredible matches together they were put together as this tag team and were falling out constantly and it always looked like they were about to blow up on each other but they were just so good and so talented that they always got the w it was so cool and they got it all the way to the final getting through um the unstoppable and unforgettable tag team of john cena and billy kidman (laughs) and (laughs) this is before john cena this is when john cena was still in trunks and stuff just like generic wrestler and uh, but yeah got all the way to the final with edge and mysterio who at the time were as white meat baby faces you could get both of them were and like the perfect team yeah this this match just sums up our personality like i edge and ray were were my team you know as singles wrestlers leading up to it they were my favorites and then they became a tag team. I think, yeah, my favourites are tag teams. <laughs> and yeah, as you say, the whitest baby face you could possibly imagine. And then you've got your um, violent, aggressive little heels over in the corner. Yeah, that would, uh, which is much, much more my taste. <laughs> much, much more your taste, yes. I'll give you a little little lady tent downstairs. And <laughs> Chris and Kurt worked because it was a sense of they were so... They hated each other, but they were so competitive that they wanted to be the best. So they're like, "I want to hit you in the face, but I mainly want to win this tournament." Yeah, and and there was there's moments in this match like just so, well because Edge and Mysterio were a relatively new tag team at the time. Um, the tag team maneuvers they were doing we'd never seen before, so we had no idea what they were going to do until they did them, and they were just stunning. You know, the sort of power bomb positions into moon salts out out of the ring. The um, launching Mysterio for the Frankensteiners and stuff. Just all of it just looks a bit... It still pops me now when I watch it. Yeah, and the way they kind of built the match in the sense of um, those moments were great when they brought it in, but when Chris and Kurt just kept isolating Ray and they just kept holding him and you're like, oh, here comes the hot tag, nope. And a little bit more, oh, here comes the hot tag, nope. And then when it finally did happen, when you were like on the edge of your seat and Edge came in, the roof just blew off the place and it, it is I'd, I'd say one of the best hot tags that's ever happened and he just Edge just comes in boom 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 and then it just hits another gear again and they just keep going up gear and gear and gear it's it's brilliant and Chris Benoit and Kurt there's a moment when a couple of moments in the match where it feels like they're going to turn on you like they accidentally hit each other and you like, oh this is when Edge and Mysterio are going to win and they're going to turn in each other but no um, Benoit and Angle win which genuinely comes as a upset victory i would say like a real surprise result yeah, because it, it just felt it just felt like they were going to turn on each other at any second because you could have quite easily had you know they they turn on each other kurt leaves chris gets pinned babyface tag champs great great and then kurt and chris have like a little feud um but no they completely flipped the book and went nah we'll uh, we'll keep these guys as uh, champions yeah, it was great, and that was uh, that was Heyman booking SmackDown at the time, and you can you can so tell it's just brilliant, and you contrast that to Raw doing all the Katie Vick stuff with Triple H and Kane at the time, so that's what was going on at the time between the two um, shows, and SmackDown is just heads and shoulders above that. I always want confirmation of the Katie Vick story, 
Um, a couple of rust- wrestlers have said it, but there's never been an actual official. You know, does the scene they do where he's actually in the funeral home, and then he like climbs in the coffin and stuff. Yeah, apparently, I screwed your brains out. Apparently, there was an actual funeral going on on the other side of the wall. I don't believe that. I that's, don't, I that's don't believe kind of, that's... it. But I want never to let, believe it. Yeah, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. I heard that interview when um, Triple H was saying that, and it sounds like a carny lie to me. But <laughs> top five <laughs> carny lies. <laughs> but it does make it. It does make it sound better, doesn't it? Imagine walking in and there's just this man in this uh, skin-coloured pants and holding some brain spaghetti. <laughs> I reckon that's what should happen when Kane finally goes into the Hall of Fame. In the middle of his um, speech, Triple H just comes out with Katie Vick's brains. That man is running for government. All his opponents has to do is just show that video. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen this to the T-shirt that's been released? For no. uh, Kane's got, or Glenn Jacobs has got the Mayor of Knox County T-shirt that you can buy if you want to sort of join his campaign. And it's just... I, I really want it. It's just this most ridiculous T-shirt of like bad Photoshop of him and his wife like superimposed on the background of Knox County or wherever he's um, running for. See, I uh, want yeah, yeah, I would want that kind of T-shirt as well. It's why I want to buy all of the Southport Regional Wrestling merch, like Owls Malibu cars and stuff. It's just so pointless, but I need it. I need <laughs> yeah, I need it, it as well. <laughs> um, so that is our number one pick. There would. There was no argument. If if you dare argue with us on this point, then whew, I'll send I'll, I'll send Jesse. That's it. Yeah, and I'm um, I'm rabid, rabid wolver. I've taken on the rabid Wolverine mantle. So. Hide your wife. Uh, hide your kids. <laughs> oh God. Um, but this this match, I would say, not only is it my favorite No Mercy match of all time, it is my favorite tag team match of all time. I've never seen a better tag team match than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's. There's been some contenders over the years. Most you're you're a fan. You're a fan of the recent um, DIY and um, revival stuff, aren't you? Oh, well, that, that's just all magic. DIY and revival. DIY and American Alpha. Yeah. Uh, New Day revival. That was good as well. New Day versus Usos. Oh, oh, come on! You can't compare that to this. The the pre-show match they had, that tag team match, is one of my top five favorite tag team matches. I wouldn't even I, that couldn't even hold a candle to the this no mercy match. No, it, it would be like five. That that would be at five. This would be at one. But it's still in the conversation. Nah, I, I could I I couldn't. It wouldn't even be in my top twenty. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's another list for another day, isn't it? <laughs> we know we got a controversial one there. <laughs> There's just so many good tag team matches from you know um, back WCW stuff and just there's some fantastic stuff. But um, yeah, this is the best one. And a couple of months after this match was Benoit and Angle at Royal Rumble 2003, which is with, with without a doubt on that one. Yeah, without a doubt in my top five favorite matches of all time. Really? Yeah, ever. Spoilers. I'm not sure if it would quite take. Yeah, I don't know if it would quite take the number one spot, but it, it's definitely in there. I feel like when we do that list, it's going to be a lot of thinking, a lot of thoughts going to go into that one. Yes, that's that's going to be hard. I mean, it almost changes on a daily basis for me anyway, just thinking about whatever I'm in the mood for that day. That's true. It is true. It's damn true. It's true. It's damn true. So, yeah, Redacted and Kurt Angle versus Edge and Rey Mysterio <laughs> winning the tag team title ta- tournament. Can't get much better than that for No Mercy, but who knows, that could all change come this Sunday. 
Nice. Well, who knows? So now are we going to seamlessly um, go into our No Mercy predictions, which is already recorded, but we're going to, um, you're going to edit it so smooth that it just feels like we're just moving on to it. They're going to be like, when did they stop talking? When, when was the actual cut happened? They'll never know. They'll never know. It's magic. So are we, are we, are we going to move on to that now? Um, I don't actually remember if we discussed what, I don't know if next week's top five conversation was in there. So we'll just do that quickly just in case. Um, so next week is another top five that we'll be bringing to you and it is a choice from Mr. Jesse Patrick Benz. I've decided a um, bit of a weird one but based on the fact that WWE are bringing Starcade back and all that stuff I want to do a top five underrated WCW wrestlers and there's um, requirements to that so obviously someone like Eddie Guerrero I would say was um, underused and underrated in WCW but he went on to become a WWE champion. So you can't use him. You have to use wrestlers that never got bigger than when they were in WCW, but were still underutilized. That's fair. I can, I can respect your ruling. Cool. So I think we can dig out some good names from the past some forgotten names and probably find some great matches that we've forgotten about as well with this. Yeah, I will. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll tell the listeners uh, about matches that you can check out to see if you agree with them, uh, with being underrated as well. And then you can find out what you think about them. So tune in next week to see what we've got there. But now we need to get to the crux of the matter, the forfeit. The, everything is riding on this. This is our no mercy predictions for this Sunday based on Mr. Meltzer rating system. Whoever gets the closest in terms of star in, in terms of stars as well as uh, match winners will become the winner and they will decide the forfeit for the other person. Oh, by the way, I've just gone on the uh, No Mercy 2017 Wikipedia page to get the matches up and um, the picture, you know the poster with Brock and Braun on it? Yeah. Um, it looks like, uh, the way they're both staring at me uh, in the poster, it looks like they were about to kiss and were just rudely interrupted. <laughs> so someone burst in right, through yeah, the door. Yeah, someone just opened the door and they're both looking like... What? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing happened, man. It's funny. Okay, so Mautzer goes... We're just going to presume he's going to be sticking to the normal five-star rating system. Yeah. If we get a six-star, I I will do anything that you request of me. Okay, we... <laughs> Hello. Well, we can... Um... Hello. Well, we can predict a six-star if we think there'll be a six-star. I mean, um, Neville versus Enzo Amore has got um, six-star written all over it, if you ask me. But, um, (laughs) it's, yeah, um, so we're going to predict the star rating. Are we rounding up or down as well? So say I say something's going to be three stars, you say it's going to be 3.5, and it gets 3.25, who's winning? Ooh, good point, good point. Um... I think it should be rounding rounding up. Rounding up. So if you said 3.5 and it got 3.25, you'd be the winner. No, that's rounding down. No, it's not. So, well, it depends yes, which it way you're rounding up. Rounding. So, <laughs> it, so we're rounding it... So we're rounding it up to Meltzer. Yeah. Okay, so if I said 3... So if I, so if I said 3 and it got 3.25, I'd win. You'd win. Okay. Okay, fine. We should really discuss these rules off air, off air shouldn't we? 
But then, no, but then, but then that doesn't see. So, say, like, against all odds, John Cena Roman Reigns is a five star match. And yeah. I, you say it's going to be three, and I say it's going to be 3.5. It seems odd that I would then be the winner, even though it's still way above what I thought it would be. Do you see what I mean? Do you want, do you want to have a star limit so you can only be 0.25 out? No, I don't know. We, sh- we should have thought about it. I'm confused. Uh, let's just <laughs> let's just okay. Let's just stick it. So um, so we're rounding up to Meltzer. That's fine. I'm fine with yep. that. Okay. Now you're fine. You're good now. I'm f- yeah, I'm fine. Sorry, I had a moment. Everyone. Right. So I'm going to ask you first match, newest match announced. I'm thinking is the Miz versus Jason Jordan singles match for the Intercontinental Championship. Maurice Bo Dallas and Kurt Angle at ringside. Maybe not Maurice. Um, I think yeah, Maurice is listed on Wikipedia, isn't she? But I, I'm not sure why she is, but she's Pragers, so you never yeah, know. Um, I think the Miz will retain, and yeah. I think it will be a 2.5 star match. Ooh, not a lot I of, not a lot of. Uh... It's going to underperform, and Meltzer doesn't like doesn't like outside interference. That always puts his star ratings lower than they normally would be, and I think there will be that in this match. Very true. I'm also going Miz retains. Um, but I've got a little bit more faith. I've got a, a lot of faith in the old Double J, yeah. Jason Angle over there. So I'm actually going to put it at a three point zero. Nice, three stars against my two point five. Okay. Yes, sir. Cool. Happy Next, we have the Fatal Five Way for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss, our champion, versus Sasha Banks, Bailey, Nia Jax, and Emma. This is very similar to the women's match that happened at Mania, wasn't it? Um, they, it seemed that was a big sort of multi-woman match. Um, for the, Let's put uh, every woman we have in there. Yeah, exactly. But this isn't elimination. I think the one at Mania was elimination, if I remember correctly. But mm. um, this, I think Alexa Bliss will retain. And I think actually no, um, no, I, mm. I don't. I've changed my mind. I, I think Bailey okay. is going to win yeah. the title back. And with a little return and exactly, come back. yeah, and she got a surprisingly good pop on her return as well, and I think they might have listened to that. And it's like the fans forgot that they didn't like her anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Yay! Wait, what? So I think Bailey's gonna win the title, and I think it's going to be a three point five star match. Okay, um, I'm going a bit outside on this one. I feel like they're gonna give Emma a shot. Really. I'm going Emma. Okay. As like a, so, someone will hit something big on say Nia Jax to take him out, and then Emma will just come in and take the. Um, I'm a, I'm a little bit torn because obviously they've been hot potatoing the women's championship, but it seems like they have no idea what they're doing with the women's championship. So anything can happen. Is my logic. Nice. I like that. Um, oh, so for a bonus point. I'm just throwing a bonus point in there. After Bailey wins, um, Paige is going to come out and. Just for a stare down. Ooh. Okay. Feeling that. Yeah. Feeling that. Uh, so I'll put page returns as well. Oh, you, are you, you really that hitting you? But... No, no, I'm, I'm putting it next oh, to you. So, so, okay. so we know. Cool. Um, I'm going Emma, and I think this is just going to be a big clusterfuck of a match, so I'm saying 2.5 if we're lucky. Yeah, yeah, my, my gut says lower as well, but I'm being hopeful because I want the women to do well. 
Didn't the women do that? We all do, Jesse. We all do. Uh, next is the uh, the cruiserweight oh, PSD resistance of classic Neville versus O Enzo Amore. Neville will retain. I will always stick yep. by my countryman. And um, also, Neville is, uh, for the record, Neville is my favourite in-ring performer currently in the WWE. I think I thought you were going to say, he's my favourite ever Geordie wrestler I've ever seen. <laughs> With long hair. What a list. Um, yeah, he looks like Ross Noble. He does look like Ross Noble. And he's from the same part of the country. Strange. Um, they are the same person. Basically. Um, so, yeah, Neville will retain in a three-star match. Three stars? Three stars. No one can get a good match out of Enzo Amore. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what I mean. Three stars is damn Oh, you think high. it's too high? Um, well... Uh, no, I've said it now. I'm sticking with it. You said it now. You yeah. said it now. Uh, I'm also going Neville, but I think that's going to be a dumpster fire of a match, so I'm going 2.0. Two, two stars, okay. Yes, sir. Uh, coming up next, we have, I don't know why, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt in a singles match. It was done at um, no, uh, SummerSlam, wasn't it? It felt like the end of that. He, pa- both move he painted on. his face and everything. Yeah, exactly. I think um, I think Finn is going to win this again because that's just the way Bray works. He just doesn't win anymore, and um, and I think Finn. They're I feel like they're planning to move Finn on to something. I wouldn't be surprised if he um, faced the Miz for the Intercontinental Title very soon, and so they nice. want him to win. Yeah, it would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah, so I think Finn's going to win. I think this will be a. Three three point five. They're both good. They're both good. They're both good. They, they are both good. They are both good. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. Uh yeah, I, I I really don't see the point in this match. Um he demoned up, he went to that place. Why are we doing it again? I know, it seems stupid. And it's already been confirmed that he's not demoning up. That's sort of the gimmick of this match, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, and because of that, I'm kind of. I think they're going to do this as a rubber match series. I'm going Bray on this one. Yeah, cool. Uh, I think Bray's going to get a, the win on this. You think there'll be a third? There'll be match. a third stipulation match, uh, Demon House of Horror match. Who knows? <laughs> uh, In Bray, clown. They'll probably try and capitalize on the it success and have a red rubber balloon match or some craziness. Has uh, Bray? <laughs> just my, has Bray said anything about the fact that Finn Balor's from Bray and Bray is called Bray? I feel like he could do no, something clever with that's a, promo a terrible with that. promo. No, Bray Wyatt could do something cool with that. Hey man, your you're name's from, you're from my me. name's Bray, and you're from Bray. You did. No, Bray would be like, "You come from me, man. Hey man," or something like that. It'd We've be come full circle to like the hand coming out of people again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would turn out that Sister Abigail is May Young. <laughs> the whole tournament, that's what it's all been building to, <laughs> this reveal. Bray, uh, I'm going to give it a free star. I reckon it will be... They, they've been pretty consistent with their matches. It's not been like, oh my god. Um, so yeah, I think it would just be a cool. That happened. Nice. Uh, next we have... Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins versus Dabar. I uh, am going Ambrose and Rollins to retain, and I think it will be a three and a half again. Three point five. You got a lot of hope in this pay per view. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, I'm, 
yeah, I don't know why. Maybe I think the thing next time we do one of these, it will probably be more accurate because I've never properly looked at Meltzer ratings that deeply before. So I'll suddenly realise that how way out I am. You're gonna have bar charts and all sorts, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <I'll... laughs> I don't know with this match because yes, there was the whole beautiful nostalgia pop of them getting the tag team titles. It was like, yeah, the Shield's back together. They're a team again. Um, but if you put it on um, the bar they've had it so much it's just like a little hot potato for them to keep holding on to mm. but then if they don't win what do you do with Cesaro and Sheamus after this yeah they're both um, uh, yeah that is a difficult one but I suppose Dean and Seth could um, go off and do like they fit into the title scene they could go anywhere couldn't they yeah because the club keeps popping up in the past couple of weeks either facing Cesaro or Sheamus or Dean and Seth so I reckon they're going to get maybe the club versus the bar which <laughs> sounds like a really <laughs> bad country club area <laughs> the bar versus the club yeah maybe so I'm, I'm going Dean I'm going Dean and Rollins I reckon there's still a little bit of um, summoning them you got a lot of heel tag teams that could chase this title at the moment Yeah, maybe the revival comes back they'd have an awesome program together um, so I'm going Dean and Rollins and these have been the best matches of every pay-per-view so far so I'm going 3.75 nice that's a number that we haven't had yet mm-hmm. uh, next we are getting into our marquee matches the sub-main event of John Cena versus Roman Reigns they've been saying the word bitch a lot lately it's very Un-PG. It's so reckless. Well, I think Roman even said think? bullshit, didn't he? Or he said shit. Um, he said he said shit. Yeah. There you go. He's um, he's a bad dog. Um, he's a bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, John, I, I can't remember. I, I can't remember if I said this at the start of the podcast or if I was saying to it, saying it off air with you because I can't remember what's real and what isn't anymore. But um, <laughs> you, you said it on air. Was it on the podcast? Um, so uh, John Cena will win this. Um, because they'll have a rematch at the Royal Rumble, which Reigns will win. Then they'll have their rubber match at Mania, which Reigns will also win. But yeah, this one will be John Cena. And I think um, John Cena is good. And Roman Reigns <laughs> is good. Hey, did I just squeak? Uh, they're, both, they're both good. And John Cena, big match John, can um, get, get, get it out of people. So I'm going to go four stars on this one. Ooh. You got Big Match John, you got Big Dog Reigns, you know, yeah. both uh, both can pull it out when they need to. And it's in his yard. And it's in his yard, apparently he inherited. Um, I don't know about this match. I keep thinking ahead to Survivor Series and are we starting to build to team matches? Could you have Team Cena versus Team Reigns? Ooh, I'd, I'd, I'd be quite interested in that if they did that. Yeah, I have, because... If you a had shield reunion in Team Reigns. Exactly, exactly what I'm thinking. Get the shield back on board, make Roman a little bit popular again. Yeah. Uh, Cena can pretty much get anyone he wants, really. You can make that feasible. Um, so, I don't know who's going to win, but I would like to think that they're leading to a Survivor Series 5-on-5 five five match. Well, what they're um, leading to is a WrestleMania match. Like, surely you think that as well. Yeah, yeah, completely. I don't think Royal Rumble is where it's going to happen. I think Survivor Series then, something happened in the Rumble, they face off in it, and then that leads to, to WrestleMania. Okay. So, with this match, 
I'm leaning towards calling it a draw. Really? But I'm not. I'm I'm very torn because I'm I'm feeling Brock and Braun might I I'm re- I don't know. Because if you ended Cena and Reigns in like that's not really their style though, is it? To end it in like a count out or a no DQ. No. Um so it's it's a tough one this one. So I've pretty much said every match outcome possible now, so I'm gonna be right no matter what at this point. Um I'm gonna go Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you on this. I'm gonna go with John Cena. We've, have we agreed on everything so far? Um, no, we haven't. No, we... Uh, the women's match. No, we haven't. I said women paper. and Finn and Bray. Oh yeah, did you say Bray? I did. Okay. Um, John Cena. It will be the star rating that gets us our points on this one because we're very divided on the star system. You think it will be poor? Um, I think this match is going to be eight stars, three stars. Yeah, yeah three stars <laughs> on this one. Fair enough. Nothing, nothing mind blown is going to happen. You're going to have each one busting out their five moves. If I hear, if he does more than three Superman punches, I'm going to punch the TV. Because <laughs> that SummerSlam match, Michael Cole, I thought was stuck on repeat or he was having a seizure. Superman, 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 Superman punch. What really annoyed me was um, in the May Young Classic, JR was calling every punch anyone did a Superman punch. Superwoman punch, because there's nothing wrong with that. Well, he kept doing it, yeah, he kept doing a Superman punch or a Superwoman punch. But they, they weren't even that, they were just regular punches. Yeah. He was exhausted by the end of those Shayna Baszler matches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Punch, punch, punch. Uh, main event, Brock Lesnar as champion and not threatening to leave the company this time versus Braun Strowman. Yes. Um, I think Lesnar will retain, but I don't know if that means he's going to win or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it might... My phone just auto-corrected to lesbian when I typed in Lesnar. Nice. <laughs> Brock Lesnar. <laughs> um... He, this is a tough one. Uh, it is. Lesnar will retain. We'll get some sort of schmoz finish, I think. Um, whether it'll be um, Braun Strowman or like go. To, oh. He'll throw a chair at someone. Uh, yeah. A rolly chair. Yeah, exactly. Like that seems to be his thing <laughs> at the moment. Or just an ambulance. He'll just bring an ambulance out and throw it at Brock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's. Oh. I'm I'm going to say Lesnar wins. Lesnar will win. Okay. But but you don't know if it's by DQ or by Yeah, pin exactly. Or... Yeah, it could be by okay. DQ. I wouldn't be surprised. Um and Braun is going to um dominate and it will be a three-star match. Oh. I've got a lot more faith in this match then. So I'm going out on a limb and I think they know what they've got in Braun. And I think they're going to give the title to Braun. Do you? I'm... Well, this is what I'm hoping. Because this, this, this is why I'm always terrible at reviewing or guessing. Because I always just predict what I want. Yeah. And that that's why I always fail at this kind of thing. Because it's just, I want Braun to be champion. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Ah, uh, Like Matanzo when he was in Lucha Underground. You know, you just got this beast that holds the title. Because uh, obviously Brock is a beast, but... I don't know, there's just something about Braun that's so believable as him being, like, the monster among men. Yeah, there is. I re- But I want him to stick with Reigns for a bit longer. I've, I've really enjoyed the Strowman Reigns stuff, and it doesn't need a title. I just want to watch them go at it a bit more. Yeah, I think I agree. It's been... They've been great for each other. They really have been, but... It, it's like that relationship you get into your first year of uni. You, you, you just gotta... 
you have some fun for a couple of weeks and then you just got to let it go you just got to <laughs> walk away from it and that's that that's brawn and roman fair enough but, i'm very i'm very hoping for by the way because you know i'm collecting the uh, wwe retro like the hasbro um wrestling figures at the moment yeah um, i really hope that they release a brawn Strowman one at some point so that i can um, bring bring roman reigns and brawn Strowman getting it on in my living room <laughs> with real beard hair just to play with mm. that was a dirty laugh you just did <laughs> um, so I'm going with Braun and I think this is going to be a doozy of a match so I'm giving this the highest rating of 4.25 nice that's very brave it is very brave um, th- this is a you know I'm putting all my chips on the table with this one yeah I, I yeah. just feel like they're going to pull the trigger on Braun. Like, I know the whole thing was that Brock holds the title, the rumours were Brock holds the title until Mania and stuff, but my God, is that boring. You know, give it to Braun, even if he has it for a couple of months, and Brock goes on the warpath after him. Yeah, just make that even more special, that feud. So, I'm going Braun, 4.25 on there. So, those are locked in now. You cannot make any changes. As much as you beg, plead, and offer favours to me, that will not happen very good so next week we will find out who is the winner of the results hopefully Matsu has ratings out and we can compare who got the thing and make sure you've got a forfeit in mind because whoever loses has to do something that the other person requests and it has to be yeah. filmed and put on YouTube ooh kinky okay well you know, otherwise there's no proof is there you could just pretend because audio is not a visual medium you are correct in that now, you can find the podcast, obviously you found it through uh, most probably the Twitter link that we will be sending out through the SoundCloud, but you can also now find us on the iTunes. Yes! We are on the iTunes under the Five Count Wrestling. If you search for that, we will come up. There's a hilarious picture of King Kong Bundy. I just really enjoy having that image up at the moment. And click subscribe to that bad boy and you'll be able to get weekly episodes of us talking at you about our favourite things about wrestling. That doesn't stop you getting involved and telling us what you thought about what we spoke about last week. And as always, we tell you what we're going to be talking about next week. So you can get involved and give us your top fives and what you feel is going on. We are also available on Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud we can be found on. And I'm sure now with the RSS feed kicking in, you can find us on most of your favourite um, podcast search engines. Yes, give so it to them. Keep an, give it to them. Keep an eye out. We're going to be ramping up the social media in the next couple of weeks. So we will be telling you where to find us on that. You'll probably get followed by us. We're going to follow a lot of people. We're going to get yeah, really creepy about this. We're going to be like in your house on this one. <laughs> and thanks for sticking with us this week with the mic issues as well. But we got through it. And thank you, Max, in advance for what I know will be stellar editing that you're going to do to <sighs> link all of our bits together. I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> Good. That's going to be fun. <laughs> but we hope you enjoyed this uh, episode of The Five Count leading up until No Mercy. Also, let us know your thoughts of the No Mercy pay-per-view. We will be discussing it at the start of next week's show. I'm kind of excited to see what we've got in store. But uh, for now, that's The Five Count Wrestling. Next week, you will have the top five most underrated WCW wrestlers in honour of Starcade coming back. But I think that pretty much wraps up the show, wouldn't you say, Mr. Benz? I would say so, Mr. Curtin. Thank you very much. And thank you, listeners. And see you next week. See you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Jism! <laughs>
just know to cut there when I see is a that our, audio. When you see a spiky jism. Jism. <laughs>